Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to talk to thy children, the purchase of thy blood, once more this side of the coming of Jesus, the end of all things on this earth. So we thank thee tonight that they have come out, and I am so happy to know that thou hast promised to meet with us wherever two or three were gathered together. And now, O oh Lord, move afresh with the Holy Spirit upon us. Bathe our souls in his power and in his beauty. And let nothing be seen except Christ. And may be able to speak words that would cause the sick and afflicted tonight as this night is set aside for them. May they see that Jesus is willing and waiting their coming. And they may be healed in even many days, for we ask that in Christ's name, amen. Uh, we are happy to be back in the service of the Lord tonight and just kind uh, of help the crowd a little late this afternoon in, in the speaking at the Philadelphia Church, but we really had a wonderful time at the Philadelphia Church this afternoon. A lady that sort of heard me say this might smile just a little, but she was raised a Methodist. And there was a message the two gave in unknown tongues and interpreted. I've seen that in this ridicule. I've seen that just not put in order at all, but this afternoon, the way it comes, not a whole big conglomeration of it, just as the Bible said, three. And two of it went to the, the people, the laity, and the other was the record space of the ministry. And the lady came out, she said, Hey, wasn't that marvelous? <laughs> and so I say, Amen. It was. It was marvelous to see the Lord come right back down, moving in the same type of spirit and done just exactly. That's, that's setting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I believe that with, with all my heart. And now, tonight, we have uh, set this uh, time aside for a prayer line to pray for the sick. And tonight, God willing, I want to pray for the sick just like Brother Roberts does and Brother Tommy Hicks and Brother um, Valdez and Jack Cole, Brother Osborne and them. Just take them and pray for them. So I had a pretty good-sized supper, an overgrown hamburger, a great big one, and, and all the trimmings that went with it. <laughs> Uh, coming to usually under the, the discerning or praying, I come constantly in prayer so that it won't be, just have to watch every moment. But tonight, just to be free to speak a while and then bring the people to and talk with them and pray with them and see, I believe the Lord's going to do a great thing here tonight. I just believe it. And um, I kind of got a little fleece before the Lord, if that seems to work. Just right, well then maybe the Lord would permit me then to go ahead and pray for the people like that every night, whole groups of them. So, as Brother Joseph said a few moments ago, he, he's a fine little sweet, he sure is. Hey, uh, I love him, but oh my, he says such nice things, and I don't uh, want him to say it, but he says it anyhow about not wanting popularity, never wanted, I want to be honest. Not popular, honest. 
And I don't say nothing to be popular. I don't mean to be that way. That isn't the only one of the places I want to be popular is when Jesus comes. I, I want to be real popular then and say, well, it was well done, my good and faithful servant. All these have come out, all of these come together. Oh, my. I just want to walk right close to as I can, don't you? So that's when I want to be popular. When the late Mr. Roosevelt comes to the little city, my city is too small for him, but when he comes to New Albany, just below me, I think we got about 21,000, they got about 27,000. But he stopped there in one of his elections and uh, electioneering, and oh my, everybody just filled the whole country around there to see Mr. Roosevelt. Well, I was like Zach, just I'm too little. So I, they looked over the crowd, so I got way up on top of the hill, the train stopped near the river, and he stood on the back, uh, the back part of the train to make a little speech. And so uh, I backed my truck up to a shed and climbed up on top of the shed. So look, I thought, well, you know, <laughs> nobody knows I'm here now. <laughs> Probably Mr. Roosevelt doesn't either. <laughs> doesn't make much difference, but I want to live so that when Jesus comes, that he'll say to me like he did to Zacchaeus, I come down off of the shed. <laughs> I'm sure we all feel that way, don't we? Not long ago, a brother that used to be with me and manage the campaigns, uh, Brother Baxter, he's preached out here in Chicago to you many times. He was speaking at when uh, late King George and the Queen came by uh, Vancouver that before he was healed. And he had um, ulcers in his stomach and he had multiple sclerosis and he just could hardly sit up. But yet with his royal blood, he felt like nothing was wrong with him as he passed down through the streets. And Mr. Baxter said he stood there and wept because there passed by his king and queen. I thought, oh, if that would make a Canadian feel that way about an earthly king and queen, what would it be when Jesus comes? My, when I see him, when we crown him with king of kings and lord of lords, and I hear all the hosannas, when all the redeemed of all ages stand on this earth are singing praises and songs of redemption, and around the earth will be a circle of angels with their heads bowed. Don't even know what we're talking about. They've never been redeemed. They don't need to be redeemed. They've never fallen. But we who have been the fallen race of Adam, we needed redemption. So that's the way we can sing what it means to be redeemed. He has redeemed us back to God by his blood. I'm looking forward for that day. Cutting every effort I can know how to the good of the kingdom of God, misunderstood certainly. That's right. But I expect that. <laughs> if it wasn't misunderstood by... Yes, I'd have to check up and see what was wrong. Now, tomorrow night, the Lord's willing, if God is willing, I wish to preach on a, a salvation message, and we expect bring your sinner friends in tomorrow night for an altar call, and um, and we'll just see how many that will serve get to serve the Lord tomorrow night. Of course, tonight, too, or any time you want to serve the Lord, that we're ready. <laughs> to show you the way, the best that we know how, to introduce you to the Lord Jesus. And then, uh, of course, tomorrow night we'll have prayer for the sick, just the same. And then the next night is my last night, but the meeting continues on. The great servants of the Lord to be here, great man, great forceful speakers, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them very, very much. Now tonight, just by way of text, and to get out just a little early, if the Lord willing, and to give a little extra time for the prayer line. 
I wish to read a text out of the Old Testament in the book of Second Kings, the fourth chapter and the twenty-first verse. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And now may the Lord add his blessings to you for just one more word to him before we speak, shall we pray. Heavenly Father, now, this is thy word. And we're so happy tonight that to know that we have the freedom of speech yet in this, our beloved country. And oh, how it grieves our hearts to see it just gradually, like termites under a house, eating it up. Oh, how we love to speak of thee and to speak to the people of thee and to see them that love you, their faces light up and tears of joy run down their cheeks. Knowing this, that someday we will receive a kingdom when Jesus comes and sets upon the throne of his father, David, and there will be a thousand years that peace shall reign in every heart. Oh, even nature is groaning, waiting for that glorious time, that day. And we're looking for the coming of the king. And as we're here tonight, lectioneering for him, Oh, God, I pray that in some way, in thy own way, that you'll speak tonight to every heart and let those hands that hung down be lifted up. And I pray that you'll bless the feeble, the ones that sick and weary. May they be strengthened and I going out across this schoolyard with their hands up in the air after the meeting rejoicing and singing praises to God. Those in wheelchairs be walking and shouting and leaping and jumping for the glory of God. Father, grant it, for we ask it in Jesus' name, and for the gospel's sake and the fulfilling of the word, amen. Um, subject tonight is about an Old Testament prophet. We how many was at the Philadelphian church this afternoon? Let's see your hands. That's fine. And now, we were speaking on an Old Testament prophet this afternoon, Micah. And the Bible, the Hebrew letter tells us, that Hebrews 12, that all of these things of the Old Testament were shadows and types and were signs, miracles, that we could look at and they're examples. We see when man failed to serve God, what happened? We see men who stood out like real soldiers and served God, we see what happened. So we can take from there a choice, and I trust tonight if there be any here that's out of the way, that you make Christ your choice tonight before the service is over. And may God in some way give us words to say or something that would cause your attention to be turned from the things of the world to the Lord Jesus Christ, to know Him as life. Not to know the church, or not to know the catechism is life, not to know the Bible, though as good as it is, not to know the Bible is life. Satan knows the Bible real well, but to know him is life. To know Christ as personal Savior is life to everyone. Now, the prophet we're speaking of tonight is Elisha. 
and he is the successor of Elijah. Elijah was a great man. He was spoke of him the other night here as the judgment or the justice of God. Elijah was a great and powerful prophet. And every evening when I'm home, after we everything's cleaned out, I take my little girls and give them a Bible study, put them in the car so nobody interrupts us and ride around wife and baby. And I give them questions like, uh, who was Elijah? What was he? And what put them little six-year-old, eight-year-old girl say, fish bite, see, like quick. And I say, how do you know that he was, um, how could you tell if you had a meeting today, what kind of a man was he? Oh, he was a hairy man and had leather around his loins. <laughs> little Rebecca said, I want to holler out. They just keep drilling that into their mind, drilling it constantly. That's what you do to your children, mother. Quit running around over the city and gabbing about and give your children Bible lectures and things. That's, that's the thing to do. All these here societies and posts, all those in the church. The church is so society that there's no time to raise the children. And I believe you've heard my expression of women preachers, and I might have to crawl back on <laughs> But let me tell you, every mother is a preacher. Little congregation home to preach to. So I just keep it going. That's good. You get it first. So then, go right with your children. And here some time ago, I was reading an article where there was a home, and five boys was born in this home. And as soon as the oldest one got old enough to go to the Navy, off to the Navy he went. The second one followed the next one until all the whole five went away to the Navy. And there was no Marine or Navy man in their family. Their mother and father couldn't understand just why these people, these boys, everyone wanted to go to the Navy. That was a, a real fine-combing investigation made of this. And come to find out, in the bedroom where these boys all was brought up in this bedroom, there's a beautiful big picture hanging there of a big ship sailing on a quite calm sea. And it so impressed the boys as they went to bed at night. Look at this picture. It was on their mind to sail that quite soothing sea. And on the morning when they arose, the first thing they could look at was that ship making her way through the quite calm sea. And it impressed the boy so that each one become a sailor. Now, if the picture of a ship will impress boys to become Navy men, sailors of the sea, what ought the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ do? See? Always have the right thing before your children. Bring up a child in the way that it should go. Bring it up and teach it right. It certainly won't depart from it. Now, Elijah was, a, Elijah was a stern man and very bold. And he was set in the earth for an example. God placed him here to show his divine judgment through this man. And Elijah, his successor, was a young fellow. And not too old, probably in his forties or something, when God called him. And he received a double portion of the Spirit of God that was upon Elijah, come upon Elijah. Oh, what a type there that is of the church. See, as Elijah, the prophet, was taken up, and Elijah asked, Elisha asked Elijah, or vice versa, it was Elijah, asked Elijah, what will you that I do for you? And what he asked the great thing, 
that a double portion of your spirit come upon me. Now, the Bible wants us to ask for big things, not to be satisfied, Lord, yep, I've gone to church now, that's enough. No, that's not enough for me. I want to do something else. I want great things. Well, Lord, by His grace, I claim a million souls for Christ in my own individual ministry. A million souls are better. I'm not satisfied with that. I want two or three million souls for Christ. Just got to keep going. As long as I've got breath and energy to move, I just want to keep on going. Because this is the only time I'm going to be able to do that. Right now. Right now. And this may be your last time that you'll have the opportunity to do it. I think of sometimes how mothers will refuse to raise children, bring up children. And young women practice birth control, buy little dogs and lead them around. And you only realize, lady, that just about 20 years of your life that you have that God's allotted to you, that you're going to be able to do this great duty for God? Do you know your child might be a modern city or, or something like that? Do you realize just 20, about 20 years of your life, as, as long as you, you'll be able to raise children, and all through the eternity, you'll enjoy the blessings of God if you bring a child in this world and raise it right. That star that's shining out in glory, you'll be associated with it, see? And then to refuse to raise the little cause because you'd rather take your running around and carrying on, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't do that. And uh, don't do it. No, sir, don't you do it. You'd be a happy person. Mothers of old age love to raise children. But all this modern American day that we're living in now, I tell you, our nation is simply polluted. There's not a hope left for this nation, as I see. Only an old-fashioned revival, and according to the Scripture, it'll never be nationwide. So then we're just uh, left to be a revival among the people, the elect of God, but there won't be a real sweeping revival to take the whole nation in. Never was and never will be in this great kingdom has got to fall like all other kingdoms. To give way to the eternal kingdom of God, which to be issued in soon. We love our country, sure we do, but it breaks our hearts to see the pollution in it today. Oh, it's terrible. Those fancies reach the nostrils of God and uh, other conditions. Now, Elijah asked for, what can I do for you? That he was going away. He said, that a double portion of your spirit come upon me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I go then you'll have what you desire. Now, I can imagine that young fellow keeping his eye on that old prophet every move he made. Every he made a move, he moved with him. Because he wanted a double potion of that spirit. If you want a double potion, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's right. What a type that was. When Jesus was taken away, being Elijah type, now, the church asked, a mother asked for her two sons. Let him set the right hand and left hand. He said, that's not for me to give. But can you drink the cup that I drink? She said, yes. said, can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Yes, he said, you shall. That's true. So then, a double portion. These things that I do, shall you do also, and more than this shall you do, for I go to the Father. A double portion of the Spirit was on Jesus has come to the church. See? Now, a double portion of Elijah's spirit come on Elijah. And he done twice the miracles that Elijah did. And a double portion of the Holy Spirit, now I want you to notice, 
Elijah had a robe as a symbol. A robe was what he was wrapped in. And he was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And as he went up, he watched, and the robe fell back from the chair, and he picked up the robe and laid it on his own shoulders and went down to the Jordan and started doing miracles. And Jesus, the baptism he had, was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which was in him, that come on him at the river Jordan, after he was baptized in water. John Baptist seen the Spirit of God like a dove coming up on him. And notice, then when he went up, he sent back the same robe that he was wrapped in. The Holy Ghost upon the church. And now people that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and are afraid to take divine healing, when we, and uh, afraid to declare yourself a member or uh, associate among those believers, why, you should be ashamed. It would be the greatest honor to know that I have been wrapped in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's seen fit to do that. So then, when this young prophet goes back, he begins to perform miracles. And the church, when it picked up the robe of the Lord Jesus, it started performing miracles. And as long as there will be a true church in the earth, there will always be performing miracles. Sure. It's still wrapped in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And His Spirit dwells in the church and performs the miracles, just like it did. As I said last night, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And the Father that sent him went with him and was in him. And the Jesus that sends you goes with you and in you to the end of the world. Amen. Oh, how beautiful. And no, it's not just some little calendar you picked up or some story off of a news rack out there. It's God's eternal word, the Bible. That's true. God himself could be no truer than his word is. Now, notice. Then Elijah, Elisha rather, as he returned back, he made bitter water sweet with a little truce of salt. All miracles are just flying everywhere. And then there was a, oh, he got a, remember he had a temper too. And some children began to make fun of him because he was bald-headed. And he cursed those children and that wasn't so much for the children's sake, it was for the parents that didn't raise up their children to respect God. That's what it was. The parents lost their children because two sheep there, still 42 of them, must have been 100 or more running after Elijah and going right down through Samaria where they had the word preached so long and the prophets. But do you see something there? It was the people's attitude towards God's messenger. Never in the world was God's messenger ever received by the Ecclesiastes. Right. Show me in the Word where it ever was. Never. The church so-called since the very beginning of time has rejected the true message of God every time. And you can't expect it to do any less today. When Jesus came, he was rejected. And he said, which one of your, uh, you or your fathers didn't stone the prophets? Which one didn't reject the prophet? Now look at this little story right here. Read between the lines. I love it, don't you? Between the lines. Well, I look at these little children uh, going out making fun of this preacher that was bald-headed. Look what they said to him. Go up, thou bald-head, like Elijah. Won't you? They didn't believe that Elijah went up. They doubted it. Their priest and them had told him, perhaps, 
Oh, he didn't grow up with just some fanaticism. And that guy's supposed to be anointed with the same anointing he was anointed. Oh, not to tell him to grow up. And here went the little kid. Bring up a child the way that you go. Here they went down because the parents didn't believe it. And how can you expect your children to go to Sunday school and serve the Lord when you yourself don't even go? How can you expect your children to be something when you're nothing? That's a little sassy, but don't mean it that way. But he had me to say it, so I, not premeditated. All right, but that's, I didn't mean he wasn't nothing, but I mean, when you know that you make no profession, how can you expect your children to be righteous when you're putting such an example before them? How can you do it? You're the best example that they have. They're going to look to you when they look, won't look to no one else, because your nature is in them. Like Satan, he knows a whole lot about human beings. He said to God, to Job, he said, what would a man give for his skin? Sure, he knows something by human nature. He helped pervert it. He knows he had a hand in it. He knows a whole lot about it. He still knows how to, what to do to cause people to fall. He knows human nature. He knows just what to present before you to make you fall for. He knows just how well to put the smell of whiskey. How tantalizing to make a cigarette. How well to put a, a place out there of a young boy and girl just in their teenage drinking beer. He don't try to place the picture a few years later with them old fatty-eyed hags. Right. You'd be dancing to put a picture of a complete nude woman, but he knows just how much clothes to take off of her to make her tempting. Sure he does. He knows human nature. He knows how to catch you in it, too. And he's awake day and night, going about like a roaring lion, devouring what he wills. Certainly he is. So there, he knew just how to do that. But God turned around, and in Elijah, he cursed those children. And 42 of them were killed by bears that run out of the woods and killed the 42 of the children because they were disobedient and been raised in the wrong kind of a home in the wrong schooling. To make fun of God's prophets instead of respecting God's prophets. I tell you, as you respect God's servants, you respect God. As you respect Christ, you respect God. Now, who is God's major servant? Not some man here on earth. It's the Holy Ghost. That's the one you make fun of. That's the one that people laugh at. Say, now look at them people. Don't they act funny? I believe they're a little bit crazy. When you do that, you're making fun of God. Right. And you'll commit the unpardonable sin, and it'll never be forgiven you. In this world, the world will come, for Jesus said, if you speak a word against it, it'll never be forgiven. So, Elijah, he has to pass through a little place called Shunem. It's not very well mentioned in the Bible. I think over in Joshua, when they're dividing the land, he mentioned where this little place Shunem was. But every little spot, God's going to have a witness somewhere. So there had to be a real lady lived up there in Shunem. And she was a royal woman, a real lady. Her husband was an elderly man. And it comes to pass that Elisha, when he would go through, he went up to Mount Carmel. And on the road up, he had to pass through Shunem in order to get to Mount Carmel. Now, Elijah had a cave up there. He had a special cave where he went to pray. By the way, that's what it was, a cave. Up in Mount Carmel, he went up there at the new moon and on Sabbath to pray. 
Well, he wasn't very well wanted in the city, I suppose. For this woman must have seen him as he passed through and seen him rejected. And she knew her just about as far up as he could get in his journey, and he had to stay there overnight. So he would rest there, maybe in the street, or in the woods, in the field somewhere, as he passed by. And maybe sometime without food. And this good woman, as she went up into the city, uh, quickly, she spotted this man and knew that he was a holy man. Now, she being a Shunammite, yet in her heart she was a believer. And no matter where the person is that is a believer, God in some way will get the true message to him just as certain as he's God. Right. He'll manage to get it somewhere. He'll put an ache on somebody's heart somewhere. They'll write to him. They'll hear a testimony. Turn the radio or something. Else. They'll hear the true message. God will grant that to them. And this woman, perhaps maybe, let's say she, one day she went up in the street and she heard someone preaching on the street corner. And she seemed rejected. And she knew that was a servant of God. So I can imagine after Elisha got through preaching, she said, Kind sir, would you go and meet my husband? I will fix you all some uh, lunch right away. Well, I can hear Elijah say, Thank you, ma'am. I'll be glad to do that for I'm a bit hungry after the message. And down to the house they went. She goes in and introduces her husband to this prophet and Gehazi, the servant. And she makes them take ready like quick and some uh, little dainties, some little cookies and so forth. And by the way, there's a little Danish woman last evening that sent me a box of cookies and some things to take. I know she's not. She can't understand English anyway. Probably don't want to know what the right hand, know what the left hand's doing, and I'll thank you each one for your little tokens and blessings. I appreciate them. And uh, this little Danish woman sent me some cookies to take home to the baby, and said they were Danish, and she couldn't write English, so I had someone else to write it. Now I'm having an awful time to keep out of them before I take them to the kids. I'm just having an awful time. I walk back and forth and look at them, and back the other side and look at them. Well, I'm trying to make it out to go home. But maybe this woman set a plate full of them on the table. And Elisha uh, had a, a real jubilee. And he thanked the woman for it. And time after time he passed by. So the good woman, on impression, uh, revelation. You believe in sovereign revelation? Certainly. I believe the church is built up on divine revelation. And as... She was inspired to do something for this man. I can hear her say one day to her husband, Now look, dear, we're, we are, well, we can do this. We have plenty. We have great farms and so forth. And we're able to do this. Now, we are both believers in Jehovah, and this is his servant. Now, let's do something nice for him. And in doing for him, we'll be doing for Jehovah. And after all, you're getting aged, and I'm in the middle age, so it won't be long till we'll all fall somewhere, and we have no children or nothing to go to. So let's just do something nice for Jehovah by entertaining his prophet. For I perceive that he is a holy man, and he passes this away. She called him the man of God, for she'd seen God working in him. And she knew that God was in this prophet. And she wanted to 
give respect to God, and the only way she could give respect to God was to respect the servant of God. Now, friends, that's the way you do it. It's when you respect God's order. That's true. Here not long ago, I say this with respect to my Catholic friends here tonight. And not many of my people are Catholic. But I say this not to hurt you. Never. I never come for that. I come to bless you. And nothing to say anything against your religion. For I'll say this. If the Protestant lived as true to his teaching as the Catholic did to his, we'd have a different world. Right. But what they're taught, they believe. But not long ago in the Vatican, I went over to see uh, the Vatican. I was having a meeting there for two nights right in Rome. And the next day, in the stone throw of the Vatican, they take me over to see something strange. It was a great church. And down beneath, they had like a, a vineyard or, um, I would say, a planting place. And when the monks died, they take them down there and planted them like you would seeds in the ground. And let them stay there until the meat falls from the bone. Then they take the bone and polish it up and make light fixtures and, and make places and put the skulls on the corner. And it's just lying and packed up all high as ceiling, just all kinds of bones of the monks. And many there then turning back to the death. And to see the superstition of the people, they had rubbed those bones until they would almost rub them in two. And just little superstitions like that. God doesn't dwell in bones. God dwells in spirit, in mankind. The impulse of the heart as it beats through man. God has servants. You say, well, what about when they laid the man on Elijah's bones and he came through? Well, that just happened to be a time that just uh, not exactly a coincidence, and yet it was too. Because there was an alien army coming after these people, and they didn't know, they didn't put him in there perfectly, they just threw him in there, and God raised him up right quick when he struck Elijah's bones in order to run away the army. Not anything in the bones of Elijah was in glory. <laughs> Amen. So God dwells in human beings. Amen. Now, the only way people will see Jesus when, he see, when they see him in you. You are a written epistle. Christ's Spirit dwells in you and brings your conduct, conduct into subjection to his Spirit and makes you act like him and talk like him, walk like him, live like him. See? People see Jesus in you. Though the old song, let others see Jesus in you. And so... This woman had seen God in Elijah. And she said, I think it's nice now. If we do something for this servant of God, God will respect it. Well, she was just a few hundred years ahead of time. Jesus said, if you give one of my disciples a cup of cold water at the judgment, it won't be forgotten. We fail to see the power that God has placed in his people. God is in His people. Do you believe that? God was with His people one time when He walked on earth. But now God is in His people. For a little while the world sees me no more, yet you'll see me for I, personal pronoun now, will be with you and in you. 
to the end of the world. God dwells, moves, works in mankind. Hallelujah! God doesn't work through orders. He doesn't work through organizations. He works through individuals. God works in man. God doesn't do the work today. He energizes or projects His Spirit into man to do so. He said, I am the vine. The vine don't bear fruit. Ye are the branches. And as David Duplissy said to me today at noon, if these lazy Pentecostal people would get up and do something instead of trying to take a ringside seat and watch God do it, the church would be moving on. I think that's right. Get up and move. God's expecting you. You are the branches. Your hands is His hands. Your lips is His lips. Your thoughts is His thoughts. As I said last night, Nathan said to David, Do all that's in your heart, for God's with you. God is with His people, in His people. God in you, the hope of glory. See? God is in His people. He's tabernacled. Once in this pure, unadulterated body of the Lord Jesus, by virgin birth, and that blood cell was broke, and He made a way you couldn't do it, you couldn't merit it. But He married your life. And God, after dwelling in Christ and giving Himself as a ransom for reconciliation to bring man and God together and unite them together again. When the dove and lamb come together, heaven and earth kiss. Man and God was reconciled. There you are. Now, watch this now. As this woman, her motive, her clear, pure mind, her heart's desire was to do something for God. And the way she could do it was to help this man of God. And she knew he was a man of God. So she said, I pray thee, my husband, let us do something nice for the man. Well, they said, uh, what would it be? said, let's go get the carpenter, the contractor, so much, and let's build him a little room by the side of our house, by the wall, that when he comes by, he can call it his own. Just let him have it. And let's put a little stool and a bed and a table. And little did she know that she was building the tomb of her own child and was building a place that she'd see the most wonderful thing that ever took place in that day when she was helping this man of God. And her husband said, Dear, I believe that would be just right. So they get the carpenters, go together, and come up and build this nice little room on the side. Well, Elijah come by one day, and I can imagine seeing how she fixed it up. Could you imagine that little woman, like a little darkest or something? She goes up there, and I can see her just polish the floors with the old scrub brush, you know, until the pine boards just shined. I can see her fix this little stool here and put a little pad on it. She said, he'll be so tired, this servant of God, when he comes by. And um, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the bed just as soft with feathers as I can and make it just as nice and put a nice straw tick beneath it or something. And I'm going to have it just as nice as it can be for this servant of God. Keep, I'm going to come up every day. I'm going to shine up the window. And what I'm going to do, and I'll bring him a little bouquet of flowers every day and set it on there where he comes by. And I'll put a little welcome mat at the door. Now I'm going to tack a little, 
a little speech on the side of the door and say, Dear humble servant of God, this is my gratitude towards God. I give this in God's name to you. Oh, and one day, Elijah come by. I'd imagine the flower in the room is blooming so pretty. She'd go out early in the morning and pick them, you know. The early in the morning, the dew settles down. There's something about the quietness of a night. Alone. The, the dew falls and it freshens. Oh, if we would only get quiet and alone with God. How the dew would strengthen us. Take the wilt out of us and make us fresh. Did you ever go into a rose garden early in the morning? Did you ever go into a honeysuckle bed early in the morning? And the whole air is just bathed with fragrance. Oh, how I love that. Down in my part of the country in Indiana, I get up early and turn on the switch key and get out some work for the locusts or the honeysuckles when they're blooming. And I just sit to the side of the road and just, oh, how I just love to smell it and to look at it and see those little honeysuckles standing up. I said, oh, God, in the run of the day and in the run of the days, if I get all wilty and uh, indifferent, let me lay in your presence in the quietness alone with you. Then I come out fresh again. Oh, my. That's what God wants to do. With the fragrance of prayer all over, covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus, how fresh we are before the angels then. How fresh we are in the presence of God. I can see her pick a nice bouquet this morning of honeysuckles and stick it on the roof. Oh, I trust that the man of God may be by today. He cleans up his little place and shuts the door and pins it on. And after a while, a weary, tired prophet comes up the road, his feet sore, dragging a little staff along, a little cruise of all by his side. Well, I can hear him say, Guys, you know, son, our Shunammite friends there, they build a little room out there. I wonder if they had somebody who come to stay with them. I just wonder why that room's built. Gehazi said, Say, Master, there's a little note on the door. Oh, maybe, maybe someone else owns it. Let's go see. And Elijah goes over and reads, Dear servant of God, we thought it good in the sight of God to uh, do this in the name of God for you. And we hope that you enjoy your stay each time. If we can be of any farther service or blessing and helping you, just let us know. We're at your service. And when he reads that, I can see a tear trickle down old Gehazi's cheek like that. Oh, isn't it wonderful? And Elijah, look at look at the doormat. Welcome. Now, isn't that just fine? You know, Elijah, I feel, Gehazi, uh, I feel just as welcome to them here as if I build it myself. That's right. That's the way you want to feel. That's the way you want to give. Give with a free heart. Give it to the Lord. And so he goes in and says, now look here. Oh, my. Elijah stretched himself out up on this bed, took off his sandals. And Gehazi took his staff and set it in the corner and poured a little water out and gave him a rag to wash his dusty face like that. Oh, the prophet was so blessed. He laid there. I can hear him say, Gehazi, go call this Shunammite. But first before you go, let me smell those honeysuckles. And my that blessed his soul. And he set it down and went and called. And she stood at her door. And he said, ask her if I could speak to the chief captain for her, because he's a bosom friend of mine. What if I could speak to the, the king, the mayor of the city, whoever it is, I know that. Maybe I could speak to them for her. What could I do to repay this? 
Oh, she said nothing. Nothing, think nothing of it. Because it's just a little token of love to God that I give to you. Gehazi come back and brings the message. And but Gehazi, what can we do for her? For all this kindness, surely there should be something. And about that time, Gehazi said, Well, Master, she uh, has no children. And you know what? Her husband's an old man. I can see a vision forming in front of Elijah. Say, go tell her to come here just a minute. I want to talk to her. Said, go tell her to come here. And she stood at the door and he said, just about the time of life, according to the time of life, this time, next year, you'll embrace the son. How do you know, Elijah? I didn't see him. He'll be here. And how the spirit of Elijah still lives? Sure does. It's still the spirit of God. It wasn't Elijah, it was God. And said, about this time next year, according to the time of life, you will have a son. She said, oh, don't lie to me, man of God. And he said, well, you just go, in other words, and you'll see. Just go on. Because it already seemed the vision. It's all over. So then, just about the time of life, she embraced the child. Oh, how happy she was. Her husband, an old man, her middle age, and here they had a lovely little child. What a blessing a child is to a home. How it brightens up everything. Wish we had time here to stop and tell other bearing women that I've had to come and say, pray for me, Brother Branham. Standing on the platform, these visions of women as passes are bearing. And they're embracing children right now. Because the God of Elijah still lives. Here a few days ago, standing at Street Force, I dedicated a baby. A little woman had been married for about 15 years. Her husband very healthy, couldn't understand, lest the husband was a steal or her one. And they, they couldn't understand why they couldn't have any children. And she's in the prayer line. She started up. I said, just a moment, lady. You're coming here to ask for a child. Thus saith the Lord. I see you standing on that same step with a boy baby with brown hair and brown eyes in your arms. For thus saith the Lord, you shall have it. And she turned and began weeping and went down and embraced her husband. About three months ago, or standing at the same spot I dedicated to the Lord, a brown-eyed and brown-haired baby of that woman dedicated to the Lord. Why was there Brother Stockman sitting here somewhere in the building tonight? Very fine Christian brother from Canada. A few years ago, about eight years ago, standing over there, I guess in the run of the year, there's 50 or 75 of these things happen. There was a lady who came to me, and I, she was very nice, and she brought me big jars full of juices and things, and wife and I was there. And she said, uh, oh, Brother Branham, how I enjoy the messages. I said, thank you, sister. And she said, I certainly believe you as a servant of the Lord. I said, thank you, sister. God reward you for that. And uh, she said... Um, while she was standing there, I saw a vision. Now, she was way in her middle age. This has been eight years ago. And she said, uh, Oh, Brother Branham, she said, uh, I said, Sister, thus saith the Lord, I see you standing holding a baby in your arms in a little blanket. And she said, Me? I said, Yes, ma'am, you. It's thus saith the Lord. And she said, I hope you're right. I said, it isn't me speaking, it's thus saith the Lord. Well, two or three, four years passed, she began to doubt it. Not long ago, when Mr. Baxter and I were up, 
I went in northern British Columbia amongst the Indians and had a little meeting up there. Come down with Brother Rasmussen, who's here, sitting right here now. We come back down to Calgary. And while we was in Edmonton, I rather. And while we was at Edmonton the, the night of the service, I was coming back from being hunting, as we had the meeting, and stopped in. Her husband met me there, a very noble man. And he said, I had just a little thin coat on because it was early fall and warm here yet. It's pretty cold in Canada. He wanted to give me that overcoat. The man has never failed in the last seven years to send tithe money to support the missionary program that I'm supporting. Never. He's been a loyal man, a good man. And the, uh, and standing there that night, he won't take off his coat and give it to me. I said, no, Brother Goble, bless your heart, certainly not. And then at Christmas time, he always sends a nice little cake or something to the kitties or little dolly or something, just to be nice. Not because just no other way, but just that kind of a man. And so standing out there, he said, Brother Graham, I'm a builder, and I build for the government. But you know, there has been a prophet tell us that I should not go up into around Dawson Creek, a little above there, I forget the name of the place, to build a post office. For he tells us that the Russians are ready to make a march through Canada to the United States and will clean the whole British Columbia out as they come down. Well, I never want to doubt a man's word. Now, you must never do that. And so I said, well, maybe that is so, Brother, Brother Doble. I said, mine. And that is a prophet said that? Yes. So, no loving, but he said, oh, I don't know what I'll do now until I'm out of work. But yet, that was such a wonderful job. I slipped off and went out and knelt down and started praying. And when it did, the angel of the Lord comes and go tell him, Thus saith the Lord. Go on up there, because the man's wrong. And said, and also speak to him to tell his wife to watch that doubting that she's doing about that baby. So I went back and I said, Brother Gable, not to discredit your brother, your friend, whoever it is. The man might have been impressed to say that. Now, you, I don't want to have anything like of that brother. No, sir. But I said, I have as a servant of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. You will be safe and be blessed. Go do the work. He said, if you say that, Brother Branham, I believe it. I said, tell your wife to quit doubting about that baby. That's been about three years ago. Well, last week the baby was born. <laughs> After eight years and something, God's word is eternally true. And the same God that lived in the Old Testament is the same God that lives today. Hundreds of those cases. Why? What am I trying to say? It's Jesus Christ that was back there with Elijah. It's Jesus Christ with you today. That's with you, in you, through you, over you. Christ is the same. Man, when this baby was come up to be of an age, along about 10 or 12 years old, oh, how happy that family was with the little boy. Now listen close before we start the prayer line. We want to make the climax here, God willing. How about this little fella? Oh, I can imagine this little Shunammite boy as he jumped over with chairs and pulled off all the things and everything, but oh, it's all right, that was a boy. Their only child. I know what it is, I got one. <laughs> and so, uh, oh, how he just go on, and Daddy, when he come into the field at night, he grabbed the little fellow and bounced him up and down. Oh, how could you not love a little fellow like that? No matter how mischievous you are, that's all right. I'll tell you, they're only that way once, and that, how do you know that you're not holding a prophet on your arm? How do you know 
when Abraham Lincoln's mother picked up that little baby down in Kentucky in a split rail cabin on an old shuck bed, and those little hands that stuck him on the, her on the face, how did she know it was the greatest president that was ever in the United States had her on the cheek? How did Charles D. Finney, who sent a million souls to Christ, how did his mother thought when he was a little baby and pat him on the, her on the cheek that she was having a little hand spatting her on the face like that would point the way to a million people to glory? How did Moses' father and mother, or Elijah and the rest of them, certainly love those little fellows? And here this little fellow just jumping and romping and playing. So he got big enough to go out in the field with his daddy. So he goes out in the field and is playing around there one day. Now, I believe he got a sunstroke. It acted like it. He began to say, oh, my head, about 11 o'clock in the day. Oh, my head, my head. And so um, they didn't have air conditioning that day like they have now. So they... He had a servant to set the little boy on a mule and take him uh, up to his mother. And she put him on her lap and began to rock him and uh, do everything she could for him. And about noon, he died. Now, talk about a dark hour. How could that woman at that time, what would you do? The darkest hour that ever struck her life. What happened? The midnight stroke. You know what Lawson would have done? have been wailing and screaming and crying and going on. That's what we would have done. But not her. She was a woman of faith. You know what she did? She called on that God that she loved. Right. Hallelujah! An inspiration that led her to do a favor for the prophet to take that baby and lay him on that prophet's bed where he slept. What a place to take him. Just exactly right. Amen. So I can see her pick the little fellow up in her arms and kiss him, brush his little curly hair back like that, walk out to the outside down to the father's farm, screaming to the top of his voice, and all the neighbors are wailing, her walking quietly. He'll run down once in a while. But it wasn't all finished yet. It would have been if she'd had no hope. But there was something inside of her. Hallelujah! She knows how she got him. She knows the lips that spoke him here. She knows there was a God in heaven. As Daniel said, there is a God in heaven. Certainly. And she helped the little fellow. Now, if she had felt like it was all over, it would have been all over. But down in her heart, there was something moving. When all hope was gone, yet something began to move. When all reasoning had gone, we cast down reasoning. It ain't what you can think in your mind, your intellect. It's what your soul tells you, what your heart tells you. I can see her walking out through that little rose garden, down the little path, over to the little corner, open up the door, the welcome mat. She steps over where this man of God has stepped over and laid the little fellow down. Got Elijah's pillow where that holy man of God had laid and stuck it back under his little head and put a little blanket up over his face, and she walked back out of everybody screaming and going on, and she said, that on the mule, and drive, and let's go to Mount Carmel as fast as we can go. And don't you stop us, I tell you to stop. Or her husband said, it's neither new moon or Sabbath. The prophet only passes through here on those certain days he goes up there to fast and pray, up in that little cave. Well, now, there's, there's no, there's no need to go in. She said, all is well. 
Amen. That just thrills me every time I think of it. What was it? Something in her heart told her Elijah was there. You just, it just won't fool you, that's all. It's divine revelation. Sure it is. The same thing that said, fix this for this holy man. Give this holy man this nice little place and fix it. That same revelation was pouring through the same power. St. Elijah's up there. Go get him. Oh, praise God. If that revelation was stretched this audience of people tonight that Jesus has raised from the dead right here now, you wouldn't go out of here with a need. There wouldn't be a feeble person left in you. Sure. She said, now, it's all right. Now I can see her husband put that little side saddle on, and he helped her, and she put her little teeny foot up in there and lifted her up, and she stepped on the little donkey and pulled a little shawl across her face, kissing goodbye, brushes her back, said, now, Dad, don't you cry. Don't you cry. Mother, what's the matter? Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Well, how are you taking this so lightly, dear? My heart feels the same as yours, but there's something happened. There's something in me tells me I must see the man of God right away. And she said to the servant, we led the mules, of course. So now you run along in front and don't you even stop or check up, lest I tell you to. On up she went. I can see her going around just a couple of minutes of the mule, a singing the praises of God. Oh, my. Little Elijah sitting back there, been reading the scroll down, you know. Oh, taking place, sitting back there. Gehazi sat at the door nodding. I can see Elijah rub his eyes and look out. He said, Gehazi, yes, master. He jumped up. Said, here comes up shoe tonight. Go see what she wants. Ask her if everything's well. With her and her husband and her child. So Gehazi went out with me and said, Is all well with thee? Is all well with thy husband? Is all well with the child? What you going to say, sister? What you going to say? Well, now, if I am counting on intellects, I'll say, oh, merciful God, oh, my baby's gone. One in me is going to say something different. She said, all is well. <laughs> Amen. Everything's all right. Oh, my, that ain't casting down reason. That's making the world up cause ridiculous. <laughs> That's what science would say was crazy. But she got what she asked for. <laughs> well, what difference does it make? <laughs> she said, everything's all right. Everything's just perfectly all right. So she ran up to him, jumped off the little side saddle. The little fellow turned a little donkey around to start back. And Elijah said, now her heart's all broke about something. Oh, they see that tear in her eye. But you know... God tells me a whole lot of things, but He don't tell me everything. God don't tell His prophets everything. No, no, just as He will. Now, He said, now, um, uh, her heart's broke, and she's all upset about something. Well, I, I don't know what it is. And she began to reveal it to Him, and to tell Him what had happened. Well, Elijah said, now, wait a minute, no vision. What am I going to do? I haven't seen nothing. I don't know what to say. But I know one thing, there's a God of heaven that lives. That's one thing. And I know that when I have the anointing on me a many times, when I walk this old stick coming along up through that desert, <laughs> the anointing was on me. So Gehazi, you're my servant. I want you to gird up your loins right quick, put on the whole armor, 
I want you to take this stick that I've been walking on, it's flat, and I want you to go lay it on the child. And if anybody tries to stop you, don't pay no attention to them. It's, that's what's the trouble today with us preachers. That's what's the trouble with us church members. God give us a mission to care to the lost and dying for the resurrection to everlasting life, and we stop and have socials and chats and parties and tea parties and suppers and stitch and so and so and so and everything else. No wonder we can't ever get to the dead. But don't you say anything but take this message. So Elijah started us. Uh, the boy started off with the stick. But you know the woman's face, she didn't know about God being in that stick. But she knew God was in that prophet. <laughs> and she said, As the Lord your God lives, you holy man of God, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stay right with you and see what you're going to do. Oh, I like that. Stay with your point. Don't give back. Stay with it. She had a, a revelation. She had a vision, as it was, or a revelation. That something Elijah had something for her. She's going to stay till she's seen it through. And said, as the Lord God lives, I'll not leave you. Elijah said, well, I guess we can't get rid of you no other way. I put on my shoes and take off. So he slipped on his sandals and here come him and the woman. Look at this sight. There's a little dark boy running along with his stick in his hand. Everybody said, hello, Gary. So how's Elijah this morning? I'm the work of the Lord. Amen. Some of them said, Hey, what's your stick in your hand for? I can just hear him say in his heart, I ain't going to tell you you're an unbeliever anyhow, so just keep on going. I got a word to do. Just keep on. Well, after all, look coming across the hill, there come this woman. Hold until Elijah, and here they come. Across the hill. I can see the father stand out there and say, Oh, here she comes. Here she comes. And the young fellow could outrun them both. So he went in and laid the stick on the child and said, Here, we'll see if it works. No, no, I don't believe it's going to work. Now, let's see. Now, let me just a minute. Listen. Now, I said, Go to Oh, that comes like that anyhow. Now, just a minute. I don't think it's going to work. That's why they don't, don't let Ray that long enough. See? So he grabs up the stick again and run to meet him. He said, It don't work. <laughs> That's why some of us church today. That's the reason it don't work. Here come Elijah. Now look what it's seen. Here Elijah walks in, the neighbors all screaming and crying. Here was a defeated servant standing saying, Well, my master told me to do this, but his word sure failed. That goes to show he's a man. That's all there is to it. Here come Elijah, no vision or nothing else to work on. Here was a woman with faith in her heart. I see Elijah look over and say, Well, if I haven't got much, I can work with yours. <laughs> That's the way. I'll go up on your revelation. Walked up to the house, the father runs, said, Oh, holy man of God, oh, my poor little boy's been dead now for several hours. Oh, holy man of God. I hear the shh, stand still. Tell her, said, Now just stay right out here now and be in prayer. Walks up to the door like you had before. Opened up the door, looked down from that welcome man. Opened up the door, looked in there, well, there's another bunch of honeysuckles sitting there. Look, laying on the bed, there's a little farm laying under a sheet. I can see him pull that back and look and say, Well, that poor little fellow, his eyes are set, his mouth open. He's stiff, he's cold. Elijah said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Goes over and kneels down and says, My father, what can I do? God's brag. Not a thing. 
There he's just something he walks back and forth. And he goes over and all at once he happened to think of something. Now, God lives in man. Do you believe it? If they lay my hands on the sick, that don't sound right, does it? If these signs shall follow them that believe, if they lay my hands on the sick, they shall recover. That don't sound right, does it? If they lay their hands on the sick, for I will be with them in them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. God and Elijah, he knows the visions he had with God. He knows that inspiration in his heart with God. God dwelt in him. So he had a revelation. He goes over, stretches his little boy's hands out, lays his hands on his hands, his nose on his nose, his forehead against his, and lay there just a minute. He got up and said, Lord, we don't know. He laid his hands down. The little boy got warm. He said, well, got up, walked back and forth again. I don't know what to do. That's why all the revelations said, do the same thing again. So he goes and lays his face against the little boy's face, his lips against the little boy's lips, and when he did that, the Spirit of God in that man was projected into that child, and he sees seven times and come to life. Hallelujah! Brother, God has never changed. Just the same God tonight that he was then. The God of Elijah, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of the Lord Jesus is right here with us tonight in the form of the Holy Ghost. The only thing it is with you people and I is we don't have faith to call him into action. That's right. If your faith will be quickened and will move out and have every shadow taken away from it, God will do the miracles that he did in the days gone by. He'll do it here tonight among you. Do you believe it? Let us pray. With your heads bowed, your hearts open before God, I wonder just now if some of you here are a worse type of dead than that little boy was. That little boy was physically dead. I wonder if you have been spiritually dead to these things. Never believed it before. Never believed. But tonight, something strangely that you feel like that you ought to write tonight, like the Shunammite woman was. Something in our heart tells me that this Bible is right. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I realize that I'm a mortal man or woman, boy or girl. And I've got to stand in His presence. Right now is my time to make my decision that I'll accept him as my personal Savior and receive eternal life while he puts his hands on my hand and his feared heart pressing against my sinful heart and asking to take all sin and to bring me to life again. Will you raise up your hand? And by doing that, say, Brother Brandon, remember me in prayer when you call. God bless you back there. God bless you, 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 you. God bless you. My hand's just going up everywhere. I now want Jesus to take me and embrace me to his bosom when all the Spirit of God that works through Joseph, through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, Joseph, Elijah, Moses, 
all a prophet, and then finally wound up in the full Godhead bodily in the Lord Jesus. And he projects it out tonight, and that's his spirit standing at your heart's door. And Lord, as you're passing by my way, I want to lay out a welcome mat at my little door. And I want to enlighten my thoughts with the perfume of the lily of the valley. I want you to come in and make your staying with me. Abide with me, Lord, for someday I'm going to be physically gone. And only you and your embrace can call me back to a life again. And I now accept you in your program. And by God's grace, I'll love you and stay with you and serve you as long as I live. Is there somebody that did not raise up their hands a few moments ago out of about two dozen? Would you raise your hands and say, I just now feel like I ought to do it, Brother Brennan. Raise my hands to Christ and say, by this Christ, I mean that I will serve you. Anywhere in the balconies, around or anywhere, any hands that did not go up a while ago, God bless you, ladies. God bless you, ladies. God bless you over there, ladies. God bless you back there, ladies. God bless you, my brother. God bless you back there, young man. I see your hands surely, God bless. Up in the balcony, God bless you. Someone else. Say, by this, my hands up. God bless you, young man. I see you, and certainly God does. We all see now. God bless this uh, uh, colored brother sitting there. God bless you, my friend. God bless you back there, also, colored sister sitting back there. And the elderly man, colored man, gray hair with his hands up. I want to receive Jesus. God bless you. God bless this lady here with both hands up. Heart open. God bless this lady sitting here with her hand up. Not long ago, while you were praying, your head down. It's cold in my room that morning. I couldn't get the fire to burn. Sister Cable come on the air saying, I want to see Jesus, don't you? My Savior, so faithful and true. When I've reached that land on the faraway center, I want to see Jesus, don't you? Our Heavenly Father, that's the desire of every heart tonight and here. Oh, look at them, Lord. Maybe 15, 25 people raise their hand. They want to receive you just now. Oh, great spirit that started out back in the early age, lived in the, the man who lived in the hearts of your prophets, and down through the age you come and vindicated yourself. How we can see David climbing that mountain, looking back over Jerusalem, rejected by his own. And he wept as he went up to the mountain. Just a few hundred years after that, we see the son of David rejected, sitting on that same mountain, saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have hovered you as a hen with her chicks, but you would not, if you'd only known your day of visitation. Dear Father, tonight in my heart, I feel the Holy Spirit crying out, Oh, America, America. How off would the Holy Spirit have give you a real outpouring of a revival? How he would have gathered you and held you in safety. But I believe you didn't understand the day of your visitation. You spawned the prophets, you called them fanatics, you put them in jail, you... Oh, how off would he have stuck you? 
And tonight, Lord, through the individual, thou seldom deal with a nation, but you do with individuals. And tonight, hands is one up and wants to embrace you, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit will show those people that you love them and embrace them into your bosom just now. And when this service is over, Father, I pray that they'll go out of you the happiest people that there is in Chicago. Grant it, Father. For now, I quote your word to you. This is your word, the living word. You said according to the Bible, He that heareth my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall never come to the judgment but pass from death to life. And these people have raised their hands in your presence that they believe you. Then, Father, I have the scriptural right to say that they passed from death to life. And they've been resurrected here tonight to life. And I thank you for it. And I pray, God, that you will let us live such lives here that when the world is to come, we're over there in the kingdom of God. After the war clouds have been settled, their arms are stacked, peace reigns in every heart, may we sit down by the tree of life. And be happy, Lord, that this night was that they accepted you. We ask this for you to keep them until that time. In Christ's name, amen. Ah, uh, how many feels real good like it just The word just scours us out, doesn't it? Just makes us feel different. Now... I said I'd be early. Here I am late. I'm usually that way. But I wonder tonight, now let's see, where what's that for? These, hot, what? He's forgot. <laughs> All right, I'll say B's. This is your honey. All right. Who has prayer card B number one? Raise up your hand. Look on your prayer card for B. I want to ask Brother Woods, some of the ushers, or them, if they'll take their place right down here just a minute. We're going to line a great line of people. All right? B-50. Who has B-50? Raise your hand. B-51. 52. All right? 53. Just that line up here. 54. 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60. Now, if you're in chairs and so forth, you can't be moved. But pray for you if that curse would leave you and you get well. You'll always serve him and love him, won't you? You know, I got a little girl at home, Rebecca, and she's just about your size, maybe a little bit smaller. How old are you, honey? Eleven. I think she's ten now. And, um... So um, she's, uh, she loves the Lord Jesus, too. And I thought, you know, little Rebecca cried the other day when I left. She don't like to see me leave home, but, you know, God knows that you was up here. And he wanted me to come pray for you so you could be healthy and strong. Don't you believe that? Does the audience believe that? Come here, sweetheart. Now, Heavenly Father, days are gone and years has passed by. And you're still the same great Jehovah God. And this little child at this age and with heart trouble is beyond the doctor's care. But thou, Lord, can heal. 
I'm thinking my own dear brother, when they tuck his heart out and run their fingers through the valve, trying to open them, and they wouldn't do it. And standing there with bowed head, his face dragged, his eyes set. We have brought him back, and he lives today. Oh, Christ, I embrace this child. It's some man's darling. It's your child, too, Lord. And take this curse of heart trouble from her. And may she start mending from this hour and be a well child, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, honey. I want you to do me a favor. And you do this now. Will you, after about three days, be 72 hours, will you write me a letter and tell me that you was a little girl I prayed for and tell me how you progressed? Will you do that? And then if the doctor examines you, he says, Say, you're getting along a lot better. And you write and tell me that. Will you do it? Bless you. You're trouble, brother. All right. You come in a representative way. Do you believe that God will answer prayer? Our Heavenly Father, as He stands for our friend, I ask that your Holy Spirit go to that friend and restore him to his right condition. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, God bless you, brother. You're trouble, brother. Dear God, laying hands upon my brother, I condemn the Jesus and ask for a healing in Jesus' name. May he rejoice like the other brothers. Amen. God bless you, brother. How do you do in your Father God, thou always are truthful, and I bless this brother, and as I pray in Jesus' name that my body touching his, may the power that Holy Ghost touch him and give him his desire. Amen. God bless you, brother. Let me hear something. Restore, Lord, this woman's health. As my body touches hers through my hands, as I word and said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to get a check on that and write me. I want to find out what takes place. Now, what's your trouble, brother? Quickly. Oh, excuse me, brother Joseph. Come, brother. Give me your handkerchief. Now, Heavenly Father, his loving companion is sick, and I bless this handkerchief. And as the Israelites were backed up at the Red Sea, and their enemy had them cornered, but they had a promise. And the Spirit of God came down and looked up on the waters, and it got scared, and it moved back, and Israel went to the promise. God, this is your promise. And I'll send this handkerchief to his wife, and when it touches her, may the enemy see it as a promise of God. And may he get scared and move away, and may she go to the promise of good health. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Let me hear from him. God bless you. All right. The baby? What's this trouble? Oh, deaf and dumb. Oh, bless her little heart. Now, do you believe Jesus will restore its hearing and speech? You do? All right. I'm going to pray for it. I want you to see what happens to it. My dear Heavenly Father, to the deaf and dumb child, I pray that you'll move this spirit from the child and make it to hear and speak. And grant this, Lord, because the child is just a baby, but thou art God. And I pray that you grant it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I just, keep your head about a minute. Now, this is not passing out to see it's out of vision. I don't know what it's for. But just a minute, I'm going to see here with child. Keep your head down now. Paralysis. Uh, asthma and paralysis. 
Now, there's only one thing can help you, sister dear. That's the Lord Jesus. You're a beautiful young woman. It's such a shame to see in this condition. I wish I had power to do it. I'd do it, sister. I would, if God knows my heart. I don't have, I, 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 I'm not the one. See, it's already been done. See, Christ did it. And now, the only thing I can do is pray for you and ask you to believe that it is done, and Christ will make your body obey your faith. You believe that now? That you, is this your daughter? You believe it? Will you let me know how it comes out and what happens? How long has she been this way? Since a child. Then any improvement would show right away. What? Are you here in the city? Would you, uh, are you going to be here a few days? Would you let me know the next, uh, say tomorrow night, if there's any improvement? Any of you on should do that? Will you believe with me now when we try to pray the prayer of faith? Our Heavenly Father, as this lovely, young, black-headed, black-eyed young woman stands here, who would be a darling to anyone, I pray for her, Father. The devil has did this, I'm sure. I know not why it is. And I ask you, Lord, as this night is set for this, I lay my hands upon this paralyzed, afflicted young woman and ask with the sincerity of my heart that God the clock will not come back around again until there will be something happen that will cause this mother and her to return to this platform, giving you praise and glory. If you'll do that, Lord, I promise you, I'll start praying for the people in this manner and doing all that I can for your people. Let this be an example, Father. I pray in Jesus' name for her healing. Amen. God bless you. Now, you feel better, do you? You do feel better. Well, that's very fine. I believe you are better right now. And I believe you're going to be so much better in the next 24 hours. Your mother's going to come here and tell about it. Don't you? And you too. All right. So the Lord bless you now. God bless you. God, I pray that in Christ's name you'll bless this handkerchief for the woman. Amen. God bless you, sister. Now, let me hear it. Father, grant to this woman her desire. I pray, God, that her heart will be so elated over her daughter. Well, everything that you have for her will be granted to her. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Now, sister, what you want to be prayed for? Oh, God bless you. Heavenly Father, bless this little woman. If you stand here waiting for her turn, I lay hands on her and ask for your blessings to rest on her. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you now. Do you believe now? All right, fine. Your trouble, sir. Stomach trouble. Oh, Father God, I pray for this man's stomach trouble and ask that he be healed. And maybe tomorrow he will come in and bring a letter. My stomach never has bothered me since. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Let's hear from you, brother. You believe now? All right, that's good. What's your trouble, sister? Huh? Oppression. Come here. That's the devil, of course. Our Heavenly Father, bless this lovely young woman standing here as she looks and says, Oppression. See her holding this handkerchief and rubbing her hands together. Know that it's the devil doing that. And I pray, God, that you'll rebuke him and make him leave the woman. And may by tomorrow night, Lord, may these people be flooding this place, telling what you've done for them. May she be coming, telling the great praises of God. Amen. God bless you, sister. You believe that? Oh, rejoicing and thanking God.
not under the arm and cancer in the stomach, you realize it's death, sister, if God doesn't yes, believe you. You must believe now. I do believe. Oh, Heavenly Father, as I look in the face of this sincere-looking woman, God, I pray that in Christ's name that you'll bless her and take all this cancer from her. May it die and not bother her no more. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I want to hear what happens between now and tomorrow. All right? Now, what you want to pray for, sister? Yes. Okay. You please, Jesus, as you Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll close this space. Thou art the one who can open the Red Sea and close the Red Sea. And I pray, God, that you'll heal this woman in the name of Jesus, thy Son. Amen. I believe it, thou sister. All your heart, I come to you. What's your trouble? Heart yes. around it. Heavenly Father, this is something the doctors cannot do anything for. But thou art not a remedy, you're the cure. And I pray that you'll heal this woman, and may she be well the rest of her life. In Christ's name, amen. Now, do you believe? All right, go rejoice you. Let me know what happens by tomorrow night. What's your trouble, sister? Oh, God, I pray that in Christ's name that you'll heal the woman and make her well. May tomorrow night her testimony be here that God has healed her. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, don't look to me, as, but remember, the God of Elijah is here. Watch and see if he doesn't prove that he's here. Your troubles, I seem like I know you. Aren't you Mrs. Domingo, Miss Domingo's friend? Oh. Oh, well, now, that's true. Now, he's the healer, isn't he, sister? Our Heavenly Father, I pray with all my heart, that in Jesus Christ's name, that you'll heal this dear woman. This growth is on her. And you alone can take it off. And I lay hands upon her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now let me hear tomorrow what happens. Your trouble, sister. God be merciful to you, sister. Are you breathing now? Our Heavenly Father, as your servant, here and after hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years have passed, you're still God. You'll be God always. People still need you. And as long as there is a need, there's a God to meet that need. And I pray as I lay my hands upon earth, as Elijah laid his body upon the child, I ask for her healing through Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. I believe Sister Woods, of course, I know it's your trouble at this time. Heavenly Father, I pray for my sister with the sincerity of my heart. May this be the time that you'll make her well from her side. I pray that it'll leave her now and never bother her again. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I bet you, sister. Your trouble for another brother. Would you come just a little closer? Heavenly Father, he represents someone else somewhere in this world. I pray that you'll heal that someone else and bless this man for his efforts. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, sir. Your trouble, my brother. Your only son, mentally ill. Heavenly Father, may you, oh God, as my heart bleeds for you, may the evil spirit leave the boy. And may when he returns home find it even gone and come and give testimony to the glory of God. 
Father, I humbly ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother, and may you receive what you've asked for. Your trouble, sister. He does, though, doesn't he? Our Heavenly Father, as the little lady's not certain, but it's a stomach condition somewhere, I pray, Father, that you'll make the evil leave her as I lay my hands upon her. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you. Now, let me hear what happens tomorrow. All right. Sister, what's your trouble? Your daughter in a hospital. All right. You'll take this handkerchief to now, Father God, I place this handkerchief before thee in my hands, which is unworthy. But thou hast so seen me to send it to all the world. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll bless this handkerchief when it lays on her daughter. May she be dismissed from the hospital, a well person, and sent home. Through Jesus' name, amen. Now, God bless you, sister, and may it be so. Let me hear what happened. Your trouble, sister. Arthritis. Arthritis. Oh, I see. Just worse, all Yes. All right. Now, Christian, there's only one hope. That's in Christ. Are you now conscious that even the preaching of the Word, have you ever seen the meetings, other meetings? Was you here last night? Yeah. Did, no, no, Sunday. Sunday. Did you see how the Holy Spirit worked among the people? Yeah. I think he's here just the same he's right here. You believe that? Oh. Now, Heavenly Father, I lay hands on our sister and bless her in Jesus' name that between now and tomorrow night, the sign that I asked you in the hotel room tonight, I pray that you'll have this woman returning saying the arthritis is gone. Oh. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Oh. Amen. I don't doubt but come and let us know what happens. Will you do it? God bless you. Friends, uh, will you hold steady, please? It's so disturbing when we leave, and we should be in prayer for all these friends. So please hold steady, will you? Just a few more minutes and we'll be finished. All right, come right along. Your trouble, sister. Oh, God, in Christ's name, I pray that you will heal this woman of arthritis. May her testimony tomorrow night be great. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. Your trouble, sister. I, Heavenly Father, as I hold the hands of this young woman, I pray that in Christ's name that you'll restore to her her sight, and may she be well and testify to your glory tomorrow night. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, young lady. Your trouble, sister. Nervousness and headache. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless this young woman and heal her of nervousness and headache. And may your testimony be tomorrow night. It's never bothered me since. I pray for this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, sister. And your trouble? Five. Oh, God, thou knowest all things. I pray for this dear woman, that you'll heal her of this trouble. In Jesus Christ's name, may your testimony be tomorrow night. I'm healed. Amen. God bless you, sir. Dear God, this dear man with the devil rupture and desiring a devil potion of your spirit, God, I lay hands upon him as your servant, and knowing the need of the day, I pray that you'll grant the things that he asks. I sincerely ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
back into it. You believe that tomorrow night you'll be coming up here testifying, saying, and your stomach you can eat again. Heavenly Father, I bless this woman, and I ask for her healing, for a testimony in her neighborhood of the Lord Jesus. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll let you tomorrow. Imperfect hearing and stiff fingers. All right. You believe that you'll go be hearing perfect? You believe you're going to be hearing perfect and your fingers are going to be well? Yes. Our Heavenly Father, bless this woman and make her hearing perfect and heal her stiff fingers. I pray for this that tomorrow night the testimony will be to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. I believe we're here, don't you? I'm believing. Our Heavenly Father, as this child stands here and asks just a young woman here at the crossroads of life, I pray that you'll heal her of this nervousness, Lord, and this growth in her neck. I pray that tomorrow night she'll come back and say the growth was gone and her nervousness is gone and she'll be well so she can serve you. God, then, if you'll do this, I'll run a prayer line like this constantly. Grant it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. Your trouble, sister. High blood and arthritis. Heavenly Father, I bless this dear woman. As I hold these hands, perhaps just pat her little baby's cheek many times. Rock the cradle when the baby was sick. Oh, Father, I pray that you will take the arthritis and trouble away from her. And may tomorrow night she return rejoicing, saying, It left me and I'm well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The little baby, the little deaf and dumb baby is saying, Mama, and to hear. Let us turn it back up to the platform. Oh, God, in Christ's name, heal the woman and make her well. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What'd you say? Mom. Mom. Well, that's very fine. Mom. You're my little girlfriend. You believe that? Can you say mom for me? Mom. 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 She's crying hard. Ma, ma, ma. She thinks I'm trying to get her sniper mouth. Um, okay. Try to come up on the music for her. out the door and she said, Ma. And that shows that the spirit has gone from her. She's never spoke to her in her life. She's a baby. Now, could it be possible you could get her back tomorrow night if you could train her a little bit tomorrow on how to talk and bring her back? I want the audience to see what happens. Yeah, and right. you'll do that. Yeah. What are you know, Lisa? Sweetie. Well, that's very fine. 
And if she got to be for you, I didn't think so. She looked like an Irish girl. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Her father is working and her mother has two small children, but the child has heard and spoke tonight. See? Now, that's just, that's just real faith. Just go believe it. That's all. And what I'm doing, I'm trying my best just to throw myself in there and just believe for the people, then see what happens. If it works, I'll run a prayer line every night like that. God bless you. Now, I want to hear them all that. You train her. Now, she don't know how to say, see, if we say, pull your ears, she'd, she'd start doing that. If she'd say, move your finger or get her to do that, she'd mock it. Now, she thinks we're trying to get her going. See? But you have to make a sound. You see? You bring her back tomorrow night, or if you can't, the next night, anyhow. So, or, I'd like to see her tomorrow night. I'll beat you off tomorrow night. You're saying, Mom, and so forth, don't you? Yeah. You believe it with me now? Yeah. Okay. God bless you, sister. All right. Your trouble, sister. Oh, dear God, heal this poor lady as she sent her a good woman. And I pray that you'll make her well through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Only you're funny tomorrow night. Your trouble. Oh, God, heal our sister of this stomach and kidney trouble. And may she return tomorrow night saying, well, it's all gone. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You believe it now? All right, that's right. Your trouble, sister. Blind and left eye and losing the sight in your right. Oh, my, that's too bad. Just a lovely little lady. Now, don't you believe tomorrow night that you'll be able to come up and even uh, show us and point to us and tell us how this left eye can see and the right is good again? Well, won't you believe that? Will you believe it? I Amen. That's fine, honey. Our Heavenly Father, I bless this child standing here going blind. Now, Lord, thou knowest all things, and I hope and trust in you that tomorrow night this will be one flood of testimony. Grant it, Lord, and may this child be able to see out of this blind eye the little deaf and dumb girl speaking and hearing. Grant it, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's hear from you, sister. I believe it. Don't you believe it? All right? Oh, Jesus. This poor woman, arthritis, ringing in her ears, sinus infection, thou can heal these things. And I bless her, Lord, as a prayer of faith. You said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And with all my heart, I'm trying to yield myself to your spirit, knowing that you're standing here at the platform. I ask for her healing through Christ's name. Amen. Heart, heart of hearing. Tomorrow night, do you believe you'll hear perfect? Heavenly Father, I ask for his healing tonight, that the evil spirit that's made him death, the death spirit, will leave him, and tomorrow night he'll come back rejoicing, praising God, thanking your perfect. In Christ's name I ask it. Amen. I want to hear from you now tomorrow night. Thank you. Your trouble, Your baby. Heavenly Father, I bless the mother for her offspring, her baby. And as the Shunammite woman came for her, may the God of heaven bless her child and make it well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. God, she stands for the sister that she played with as a little girl. She has cancer. And you alone can hear her. May the message come. That, like the lady down in Kentucky a few weeks ago. May she be healed in Jesus' name. 
If God will tell me what you're here for, will you believe me as his prophet? Will the rest of you believe it with all your heart? You're all nervous and upset about something. Yes, it's cause of the death. That was your son-in-law. Just still recently. That's right. You're here for a person that you're praying for for salvation. That's your daughter. That's two other people. You've got three handkerchiefs for people to be prayed for. Is that right? It's thus saith the Lord. How do you believe? Oh, God of heaven, let thy mercy rest upon her. And bless these in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have faith. You believe? You seem to be all elated little lady sitting on the end of the seat. You believe me to be the servant of the Lord? You don't have a doubt in your mind? You believe God is healing that kidney trouble and make you well? What you weeping for sitting next to her with a red dress on? Do you believe me to be God's prophet, little lady? If God will tell me what your trouble is, will you receive your healing, you believe? TV. You believe that Jesus will heal you? The other little lady with your hand up. What do you think about it? Look at me here a minute. Do you believe me to be God's prophet? If God will reveal to me what your trouble is, will you receive it? You have kidney trouble too. That's right. What do you think, little fellow, sitting there, little bitty boy? What do you think about it? Do you believe me to be God's servant? If God will reveal to me what you want or something other about you, will you accept it? You will? Got stomach trouble. That's right, isn't it? You want to be healed. Like to go back to Maryland and be made well, is that right? That lady next to you is from Maryland also. The little lady with the red dress on from Pennsylvania. That's right. This other lady is from Maryland. That's right, too. You're all from out of town. That's right, isn't it? Raise your hands at that time. What do you think, lady? You believe me to be God's servant? You believe the power of God is here? You believe that God will give you a desire? You believe that God is here, Christ, who can reveal all things, the secrets of your heart, as you promised you would in the Bible? You believe that? All right? You're awfully nervous, aren't you? And the reason you got nervous, then you got a stomach trouble from it. That's right, because you're nervous. Say, by the way, as I look at you, I see a lot of water come floating in. You are worried about somebody overseas. And that's in a mountain country or way up in a rolling country. It's a Scandinavian. It's Norway. And uh, it's a man. And it's your son. And he's in a hospital. It's the Alexanders he's got. And he's in a hospital. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Raise your hand. Thus saith the Lord. Oh, God of heaven, thank your blessings and bless thy praise. In Jesus' name. Folks here, do you believe? Are you ready?